In today's episode, I'm going to be talking about how my failures have become my saviors. How? Why? Let's find out. Money Mindset with Girl Khan podcast will help you to break free from your limiting beliefs, reverse your money shame and blast through your money blocks so that you can live a life of unlimited abundance. In this podcast, we will talk about energy tools and mindset strategies that will help you to understand and change your relationship with money, whether you're in a job, profession or working on your passion. Change your relationship with money to change your life. I'm your host, Gul Khan. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome. This is Gul Khan, your money mindset expert. And today we're talking about failures. And I'm actually going to tell you how I've come to see my failures. And I actually truly believe from the bottom of my heart that my failures have actually been my saviors. And I'm going to explain to you why in a bit. Now, I, I recently made a post on Facebook and uh, and I, I, was, I sort of shared my, I poured my heart out, quite literally trying to explain, you know, what it was. And that's hence where this, the, this idea for this episode was born. And I talked about all the different ways I failed. And I'll talk about that now here as well, just to give you a bit of a recap on that. And I, as I was going through it, you know, I was just trying to highlight how many things I failed at because people usually post, I've done this and I've done that and I've done this. And they don't acknowledge that, you know, you have to go through a number of failures before you actually taste success. And that's why people who are currently struggling through their failure stage, so to speak, they think that some people are just born lucky and they get to the, and have this all this phenomenal success and they don't actually realise how much pain, sweat and tears and failures these individuals go through before they actually arrive at the success stage. And I'm one of those. So I know that a lot of people see me as saying, oh, I've just become an overnight success. I came out blue from nowhere, um, but from, you know, from 2017 to where I am now, my business is going phenomenally. I have testimonial after testimonial, like hundreds of testimonials, really just really mind-boggling testimonials that are coming out for my clients. I know that I get really good results for my clients. From the mastermind and so forth, my other businesses are thriving. I My family's a bit astonished, like, oh, you know, she's just really come out from nowhere and her business has exploded. And I wanted to put things into context. And that's why the title of actually the 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 post I did was, you know, how I failed my way to success. And when I was thinking of doing this episode, I thought it was actually more important that it wasn't that I failed my way to this my, to success. My failures have actually become my saviors. And this is such a profound statement that I think that everybody needs to understand. Because I promise you, I promise you, if you look back at your life, there are times when you did something or something happened that it felt like a complete failure. And if you look at things the way I'm going to explain to you today, you will actually see that that was actually your savior. It turned things around for you in a different direction. And it changed your life direction and it changed who you were. And it actually transformed you as a person. So let's get started with mine. I'll give you my example. So I grew up, like, as I said, I was a very, very studious child. I just worked exceptionally hard. Now looking back in hindsight, I just had the work ethics drilled into me from my mother. So I did work really hard and I, because I had the goal of becoming a doctor. So I was in from the age of four or five, 
And there's two things that I wanted. One, I knew that I was going to be a multi-millionaire. That was never a question in my mind. I was going to be a very successful millionaire because I wanted to match up my father. I think that's where the, the, that, the idea came that I, I don't need my dad's money. I will make more money than my father. And my father was a multimillionaire. So the idea was I was going to be a multimillionaire. And the other, the, the way to that was for me to become a doctor. Okay, so that's my idea. That's That was my path. I was going to become a doctor and I was going to become a multimillionaire. Not realizing that not many doctors become multimillionaires, but hey, this is a five-year-old, right? So... Um, I went ahead and, and that's where I focused on. I was really focused on the idea of becoming a doctor. I studied really hard and I worked really hard. And now at that time, if somebody asked me why you want to be a doctor, I was like, because I want to help people and da da da, whatever. And now I suddenly want to look back in hindsight, I can see actually it was the idea because my thought was, okay, how am I going to become a multi-billionaire? It was because I was only a doctor. That was That's the way two things I put together. And it, I, I'm forever grateful to my maths teacher at um, at uh, Sir George Monix. So this is where I went. I went to Sir George Monix College. I mean, um, in uh, I think it's in Chingford. I can't remember actually. In, in it, it's Walthamstow, Stoke, Chingford. I think it's on the borderline in London. So I went. I, I went to that college, and it was my maths teacher, and he used to teach us, Mr. Borham. He used to teach us. Um, uh, he was my. I think he was my. Oh gosh, I think it was my calculus teacher. So, you know, so anyway, PS he was my PS1 and PS2 and PS3 and PS4 teacher. So anyway, he was a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant teacher. I, you know, one of the most amazing teachers I've ever had and that he's still left an imprint in my mind. And I remember, you know, because I would argue with him and discuss with him and I was very articulate, whatever. He was very, you know, he's such a good teacher and I had a really good bonding with him. And he's the one who brought into my attention, like, go, why do you want to be a doctor? And you know, I said, well, I want, to be, I want to help people and I want to do this and I want to do that. And he actually is the one who said, no, you have no actually logical reason to be a doctor. Go and find out what doctor, you know, how what being a doctor entails. And then come back and tell me that you want to be a doctor and I'll support you. But I'm not going to. This doesn't work. I mean, I didn't need his permission, but I really, really was, I looked up to him. And um, I was, I think at one point in time, I was the only girl in his class. I was, you know, I think because I did further maths as well. I was the only girl in his class and the rest of the were boys. I think maths was, especially further maths was, and mechanics was a, was a boy subject. I was the only girl in the class. So it was pretty much like his favorite. Um, so anyway, I'm thankful to that that teacher of mine. He he forever changed my life because he forced me to go to um, do work experience. So I went along to a local hospital, Whips Cross, and I did a six week work experience there. And oh my lord, I hated it. I absolutely hated everything about hospitals. I hated the smell. I hated the wards. I, and I thought I'll become a you know I was going to be a plastic surgeon. I thought I wanted to be a surgeon. Okay, that's because I thought like lots of money. Hence you remember the idea, lots of money. So I did all the different different departments and I have to say whips cross I don't know if they allow this now but at that time when I explained that this is the way experience I wanted the 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 the, the HR department or whatever department I went to was amazing they allowed me to have work experience in all different departments and so I got to spend six weeks in a whips cross hospital on all these different departments from radiology to cardiology to pediatrics and god knows where else and I have to tell you I hated every single one of those departments I loathed it I hated it and I came out the six week thinking oh my god I couldn't I could do anything but be a doctor I could not be a doctor and something else I realized I knew this beforehand anyway I hate the sight of blood I mean actually literally if I see my own blood I'm on the floor dead seriously I'm, I'm, I'm out I'm out and uh, and if it's my if it's somebody else's I go queasy and therefore I can't even watch movies with you know stabbing and blood and stuff. I just can't I just can't handle blood it's just not in my in my psyche 
And I've actually, I'll, I'll, I'll share a funny story <laughs> with that. That's so bad. I took my daughter for a minor surgery, for her lip surgery. She had to have the, this thing on her lip. She had to be removed. It was it was outpatient thing. And it was literally a 10 minute job. And I was there holding her hand. And I thought, you know, if I faint, it's because of my own blood, right? I didn't think that that would cause me to <laughs> faint. So when they ended up doing her surgery, the next thing I know, I'm on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, that's how bad I am so anyway can you imagine me me being a doctor hell no right I actually went back to my tutor Mr. Boham and I said I hate the damn thing I hate the damn profession I don't like it that's one thing I know I don't want to do and then I sat and mulled over and whatever else and so forth and I actually I think I remember applying um, half-heartedly and then pulling out so I didn't end up going towards being a doctor now that became a big trauma for me and literally I had to work on and I've spoken about traumas in the past even though I chose not to do this my brain interpreted that as failure and all I knew at that time was I was not going to be a doctor what was I going to be I had no clue so Mr. Boham being Mr. Boham he actually said to me well you know you speak very well you're very articulate you're very confident why don't you be, you know go into law maybe become a barrister he didn't see me being a solicitor he couldn't see me being in office he but he did see me being very you know very dramatic and whatever I am and he thought he actually said that you know I think you would make a really good barrister hence I went towards law and I took his advice went into law and I actually went to the English bar I actually did the American bar first and then I took the English bar exams and became a barrister so that was one of my biggest failures I mean one of my I think childhood wise would be a failure but that actually became my savior because I failed to become a doctor. I ended up going to some other profession, which even though I'm not using now, the skills I acquired from in, from law have paid dividends upon dividends upon dividends. I was talking to somebody else yesterday. The reason why I am a very good public speaker, the way reason why I'm able to go into a room and hold the authority, you know, hold the attention, and able to speak in, with authoritative tone, so to speak, is because I've had the skills drilled into me from from you know from my bar experience, you know, from my bar course. We did we, I don't know what it's called now. It's, we used to be called bar vacation course. I had those skills drilled into me, negotiations and God knows what else. And these are practical skills which we learned and when we we're going through that. Obviously, you have your own skills as well. You have your natural skills, which I do. But they were polished and honed in. And therefore, those skills which I acquired from doing my legal studies and being actually practicing as well, those are they were transferable. And I used it in my current practice, in my, in my current career as well as a, as a coach. And the ability to be able to, and this is one of the abilities that all, all successful barristers have, which is the ability to speak to lay people, which is like your clients, to be, and also solicitors, and also judges and other professionals. And you, you need to be able to communicate at different levels and in different styles and be able to be articulate and very, you know, clear with your communication, regardless of who you're speaking to. And you need to know who you're speaking to. You need to know your audience. Again, a skill which is transferable, which I use now in my, in my career. So even though that was a major failure for me, that was my savior. If I if I didn't, if I did actually go ahead and go and get into medicine, I would hate the damn thing. I really would. I know I would be miserable. And I could not imagine me, you know, more sorry doctor than me myself. I, I would hate it. Whereas I wasn't that big a fan of law either. I didn't like the office environment. But I did thrive on the you know, mental stimulation and the arguments and the mood competitions and so forth. So Law was that profession for me, which I needed, and, and it gave me the skills I required. So that was one of the first things I remembered. That that's one thing. Yeah. The next thing I talk about is that I spoke about in this post was I failed at two marriages, <laughs> no one, two, and again, that those failures have become my saviors because they built my character. 
The first one was actually, you know, was it was a very quick one and it was, you know, okay, I was not in the right frame of mind or whatever else and I was trying to please the family, trying to make it go, it didn't work out. The second one was, you know, was a lot worse. But the second marriage, it actually broke me down completely and I lost all confidence in me in every shape or form, be it, you know, be in my looks, be it in my ability to communicate, be it my ability to, um, you know, to earn income, be it in my ability to even make decisions. It was such, at, it hit me, it struck me at my core. So I had no option but to gather my energies, gather everything about me and reform a new version of me. Now, this may sound like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm just trying to find the silver lining of a, on the cloud. Yes, I am. That's true. And there always is a silver lining to every cloud. You just have to be willing to look at it. And I look at myself and the, 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 the version of myself that one, went into the marriages, you know, we're all rosy eyed and, or, you know, you know, had pink rose tinted glasses and everything's all hunky dory and everyone's lovely and no one's sweet and blah, blah, blah. And I had no idea what was possible, what was the word outside like. So this gave me a sense of what's, you know, what is possible and what could go wrong. Not only that, it also gave me a really good idea of what I'm capable of enduring and dealing with and coming out the other end. When I look in the mirror at the moment, I look at myself and I'm so frigging proud of myself for coming out at the other end of that horrific, not the first so much, but second horrific second marriage and having the courage to do so and coming out so brilliantly and surviving and having the amazing businesses, multiple businesses, by the way, that I have. One is seven figures. The others will be catching up to seven figures, hopefully within the next three to five years. And so, you know, it's it's phenomenal that the kind of things actually, no, two, two, two seven figure businesses and then the others will catch up within three to five years. But the point is, I could not be this individual who's so strong and who's so determined and so so focused on her goals and, and as well as her children that, that, that as if I was my naivety. So that failure in the marriage made me who I am. That failure in the marriage gave me the courage to face anything and everything that's thrown at me now. That failure in the marriage allowed me to become this determined, focused absolutely badass entrepreneur. I have the courage to do what most people don't. I have the courage to face what a lot of people don't. And I have the work ethics to <laughs> to do the work, which a lot of people don't. I, you know, one of the things that I got asked this morning by one of my cousins, she called me up. Well, actually I called her up. She was messaging me like, dude, let's just chat. So I called her up and she said, are you working? I'm like, oh no, no, I'm not working. I was just putting, posting, or, you know, posting something on Facebook. And she goes, so you are working. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, I didn't think of that way. Yes, I suppose I am working. Because I work 24-7 without thinking about it, right? This is me. You know, I have those work ethics. Now, if I didn't, if I had a cushy life, if I didn't go through the failure of the marriage, I wouldn't have that focus. I'd be like, oh, you know what? I can do it later or whatever. I'll find a dozen excuses. I don't have those excuses anymore. I have to get on my backside and do the work. And that's what I'm willing to do. And that's what I do. And this is why I get the results for myself and my clients. So, who am I? I am this badass person now, but I wouldn't be this individual if I didn't go through those two failed marriages. The character I have is a gift that's been given to me at the other end of that marriage, of the awful marriages. And and also, it's given me my life mission. So I'm very determined to, you know, financially to be, you know, independent to a level to, that's another story for another day. 
but I'm also determined and I speak so openly about the abuse that I suffered so that I can be an example to other females and men, by the way, that, you know, I, if I can come at the other end, you can too. And by the way, abuse can happen to anyone, regardless of the education background, regardless of the character, regardless of who they are, because when narcissist manipulative people come into your life, it doesn't matter where you are intellectually, they'll break you down. They'll find ways to break you down as it happened with me. So this is why I talk so openly about it right? So that failure became one of my biggest saviors, right? So let's carry on. So then then I, and then I can talk about my other issues that happened with me. So I, now people see my successful online business, they're like, oh, she's done really well, blah, blah, blah. I have been trying to set up, you know, businesses, multiple businesses throughout my life. I remember the very first thing I tried doing was back in when I was still at, I was literally just finished my degree and I was between going into um, the bar and I was figuring out what to do. And in that time, I tried doing something which I failed then, by the way, and then I never, never tried anything else after that. And it's become a big thing after. So this is before all these online Asian clothes came up. I thought of the idea way back in 2002. And I thought, okay, let me bring clothes over and let me design clothes and let me bring it from there and sell it here. That was my idea back in 2002. There's been a big boom of that since the late, um, I think 2007 or eight. And then it's just boomed Oh, now. So everybody, everybody in Tom, Dick and Harry has their online shop and, um, and local here. And this is what my idea had back in 2002, right? I failed at that because I didn't have the support. I didn't have the infrastructure away. I spent all my life, all the savings that I had at the time. And it went kaboots end of story okay so I failed then and then but after that too I failed um the very first thing I failed that was uh, you know when I became a property entrepreneur so I became a millionaire <laughs> for a very short period of time and then the property crash happened in 2008 and it not only did it I lose the money at that time I was going through the first divorce I was literally I had no money I had to leave my job because I you know I because of various reasons so I ha- I was without a job, without a partner, with a young child, and I had this property with all this negative equity. I was stuck, right? So I failed at property <laughs> entrepreneurship too. Oh my goodness. And so that was another failure. Now, that taught me incredible lesson. I mean, every time I failed, I, if I look at it, and I failed, by the way, when I fail, I fail big time. I fail miserably, right? Because I, I go full in. I'm, I take a lot of risks. And, and um, <laughs> obviously, if I win, I win big. If I lose, I lose big, right? So that's what happens with me. So that taught me quite a lot of lessons when it comes to property and what to do, and what not to do. And then later on, I, set, I tried to setting up um, a care home business with a cousin of mine. And I thought he had the clue about it, but he didn't. And again, <laughs> I learned a lot about people and what people say and trusting but and taking the word for it, etc. A lot. That's something else I've learned on the way. And not to make, not to uh, mix family with business. That's another lesson that I learned the hard way. And we, gosh, we spent a whole family savings on setting up this care home. And I did. I got all the accreditation already, and we just failed miserably at it. So two years later, I had to close it down. Now, the lessons I learned both for my property, um, uh, oh no, I'll give you one more example of my one of my major failures. And this is where I lost multiple times, right? And that's where I did share trading, but I did it through a spread betting account. And then I went in to do Forex and I lost money with Forex. And then I went into, I didn't do crypto, I haven't lost anything to crypto, thank God. But I did lose quite a lot of money through Forex. And recently I lost quite money with Forex and I've, I've made a, post, a podcast after that. 
I lose, I've done, I've done that. Okay. I've lost so many times. Now, every time I failed, be it at the property, be it with my care home, be it with everything, I look back and they have been the most phenomenal lessons you can ever imagine. Right. I tell you the skills I acquired, because I'm not trained to be a businesswoman, right? I didn't go and get a degree in business. I didn't get a degree in social, you know, in social interaction. I didn't get a degree in how to deal with people and uh, people management. I don't have those skills. These are the skills I acquired when I failed businesses, when I failed things. Because one of the things that happened when I moved to the care home, um, and I never knew this was even possible. We had our, one of our, you know, we had a manager for the care home and she was, oh, she was so lazy. But anyway, regardless of how she behaved, and we had a, she basically left, she did something stupid. She left the door, the, the back door unlocked and on, on Friday and then Monday morning when we went in and somebody had broken in, the door was open and, um, and uh, you know, somebody has stolen uh, the laptop and all the stuff and everything else had gone. And I, all I did was ask her, did you, clo- did you, did you, do you remember locking the door? That's all I asked. And she started crying and she started crying. And I thank God I had a witness as well. Somebody who, you know, somebody was there when I asked her this, she took us to tribunal saying I, w- I had, um, you know, I had tortured her, mentally tortured her. And, uh, <laughs> and I was sitting there shocked, like what, <laughs> what <laughs> we had a theft. I was questioning and I questioned nicely and thank God I even had a witness for it. But anyway, this is where I learned those skills. So, okay, this is handling people with HR and blah, blah, blah. And blah, blah. It was literally hands-on experience. And I know from those experiences, I know how to handle people. I'm very good at, at dealing with with, uh, with with my team members and uh, the people around me now. And I, it absolutely shocked me in terms of, wow, you know, what is possible and what, you know, should be done, et cetera, et cetera, when it comes to, um, uh, you know, with, with people. But these are the skills, like I said, I acquired when I did all of this, okay? So the reason why I'm so frigging good at trading now is because I've spent so much money learning those skills so that the money that I lost through those accounts in my in my trading be it spread betting or forex that became my savior because that money has has I've made 10 times money back and I've actually u- utilized those same skills onto crypto market I'm actually you know with, uh, I'm quite profitable with my crypto trading as well along with the fact that those skills that I acquired in terms of you know how to deal with people and HR skills those skills have allowed me to build a thriving business and great team members in my current business so when people look at me and they think, oh, she's just so shut up, oh, shut up and she's done phenomenally well and she just got lucky. I have not just got lucky. There's been sweat and tears and so much constant determination, which I, every time I, I, I get kicked down, I go wake up, I get up, I brush myself and I carry on working. From every time, from every failure that I've, I've actually so supposedly suffered, I've not seen it as a failure. I've seen it as a lesson. And I've seen the silver lining to every cloud and utilize that in my life. And this is why I'm successful. There, there, if, I, if you think that you're going to go through life and not have any failures and not be you know, uh, thrown off, off, off guard, and sometimes you don't do anything wrong. Like with my care home, I did nothing wrong. There's nothing more I could have done apart from you know, giving bribes to get clients and stuff like that, which I was against my principles and I just wouldn't do. So there's nothing I could have done more for that business and that business went down. And there's nothing I could have done elsewhere with, the, with that ex-employee uh, I didn't even fire her. She left, by the way, called, you know, uh, based on harassment over that once incident, which I'm so grateful for that I had my, a witness for that. Um, 
but then this is where she, you know this is how, how this is how people are people behave like that right these are the skills you acquire if you look at your life i promise you every time you've fallen every time something went wrong you know there's a lesson in there which is of equal value if not more there's something that i that um i remember listening to bob proctor years ago and he said i think it's bob proctor i hope it is it might be somebody else but i think it is bob proctor he said that if you had um all if you had a diamond this really valuable diamond in in your home and your home was burned down right and as soon as you as when you got home and you realized your home's burnt would you, what would, what would you do? What would be the first thing you do? Okay, first first of all, you'll be, you know, you get over the shock of like, oh my God, my house is just burned down. But then as soon as you gather your thoughts and your ideas, you would go and look for that diamond, right? So every time my house has been burned, metaphorically speaking, of course, I would go and look for those diamonds, not diamond, diamonds. And I promise you the multiple gold or diamond. So you find in every situation which you can take away and cherish and think, okay, this is what I come out of it. This is what I'm going to use. And that's how your failures become your savings because those same diamonds would pay you dividend after dividend after dividend after dividend. I promise you. And with that knowledge, you will not be afraid to make mistakes. So for example, when I recently lo- made a huge loss on Forex, I didn't stop. Okay, my, I remember my, you know, somebody saying to me, well, you know, you always do this. You keep making so many losses on this and blah, blah, blah. You know, you never learn your lesson. And I looked at him and I thought, uh, one, it's my money <laughs> for starters, right? And secondly, no, I know what happened. I know what to change. I'm going to go away. So it doesn't throw me off. Okay, I I'm, I looked at it. I very quickly looked at it. That needs to be fixed. This is what's going to happen. Take that away. Change it. Let's do this, right? Because you're you. As soon as something happens, I I can look for the diamond in the in the rough, in diamond in in the ashes, and go for it. But then this also means I'm not afraid to take risks. Yes, I, albeit I think I need to take calculated risks, and I would advise that to everybody too. But I'm, I'm not afraid to moving forward. I'm not afraid to fail because I know even if I don't succeed anything, it's going to pay me in dividends. It's going to give me some diamonds, which I can take away. And those diamonds will later on become my saviors and they will pay me dividend upon dividend upon dividend through various other ways. And I've had this le- lesson taught me so many times that you learn more from things that go wrong than the things that go right. But it doesn't mean that you repeat those things again. And more things go wrong early on than later on because obviously as you as you as you acquire the knowledge, as things go wrong, you are learning and you acquire knowledge, and then later on, less and less things go wrong. And that's how you exponentially grow. That's what's happening with me at the moment. But initially, you will be making mistakes and you need to be prepared to make mistakes. The reason why Michael Jordan is uh, you know is on top of his game is because it's not because he he scored so many goals but it's because of the number of times he took that shot and so he's got more failures than anybody else but that also means he's got more successes than anybody else you need to be able to be you need to be prepared to take more risks the more times you try i promise you the more lucky you'll get people call me lucky people think i'm lucky and i let them be okay I just think, okay, the reason why I am so lucky is because I'm willing to fail more. I'm willing to fail. I'm willing to try. If it doesn't work, I'll pick myself up and do something else. But I'm going to go and I'm going to try and I'm going to give it my all. I don't go in to fail, but I'm not afraid of failing. That's the difference.
My mental attitude is I'm going to succeed. I'm going to do the best. I'm going to be the best at this. But if forbid I fail, if I fall flat on my face or something else happens, I'm not afraid because I know I can learn the lesson and move ahead. It may be that I don't do that anymore. I, I, I cut my losses short or whatever. I have done that. It's taken a different direction. But I will actually succeed somewhere else. And because the reason why I'll succeed somewhere else is because the skills I've acquired on this particular venture. This is why I am where I am. This is why my business has taken off so it has. This is why I've achieved more in three years than a lot of people do in 10. This is why. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. It's been fun and I've shared my heart out to you again, as usual. If you do enjoy today's episode, please do leave us a review. And if you do leave us a review, send a screenshot of that to moneymindsetpodcast.gmail.com. I love reading those. And we will send you our Million the Mirror Meditation for free as to say thank you for supporting our podcasting journey. Well, until the next time we meet, this is Gul Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now. If you want to learn more about my energy tools and mindset strategies, then please visit my website, www.gulkhan.com. That's G-U-L-L-K-H-A-N.com. And if you want to take part in our five-day millionaire mindset makeover challenge, where I deep dive into energy tools for abundance, then please go to www.millionairemindsetmakeover.com and register. I look forward to being your mentor in our next five-day challenge. Until the next time we meet, this is Gul Khan. Take care and bye for now.